Ladies and gentlemen, this evening, my name is Gita John Bosco. I thank the Living Father for such a wonderful moment once again to be in God's presence. Let me hope everyone is very fine throughout this week, the other week before. And again, I thank the Almighty God for His grace and mercy indeed towards our lives. When I look at several things in life, of course, a lot has been going on in different aspects of life, but God has been faithful in our lives up to this date. And I want to thank each and every one who is like me. God bless you so much as we are following and continuing to look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. Getting deeper <clears throat> to understand the real meaning 
of this verse i know most of us when you read this verse we just scoop out to this because that's what we want as long as you hear that i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and someone can start shouting in that same scripture saying everything speaking declaring breaking demons that can refuse you <laughs> to do all things in christ jesus but anyway how can we understand this in a biblical context not as how we feel or how we see things but how the bible explains all the things this is the moment that we're gonna have let's pray father we thank you for your grace and mercy you're such a wonderful god we pray and believe that in everything that you're doing in our lives there is a purpose may you guide us tonight as we are continue to learn may you lead us king of god father by the power of the holy spirit May you help our hearts to learn and understand that you are the Father and the Holy God that wants us to be the people that you desired from the beginning. Initially, you created a man to worship you, to show your glory, and to magnify you. We come back in that same position even tonight, worshiping you, glorifying you, thanking you, and Father, even continuing to grow in our spiritual lives through your lead. May you lead us as you wish. May your will be done in our lives in this evening. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We thank you so much, Jesus, for this night. You are so good and a wonderful Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God who changes things You are the God who changed my story You lifted me from nothing to something Jesus From zero to hero You are the God who changes things You are the God who changes things just borrowing a few words from this song that is a God that changes everything. Indeed, as I told you yesterday, that the only, the only way that Christians can be independent is to be dependent on God. So, indeed, we need to trust him with everything that we have. He's a God that can change all things. At this juncture, I would like to be reminded from the book of Psalms, chapter 94, 18 to 19. Which says that when I said my foot slips, thy mercy, O Lord, help me up. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, they comfort, delight my soul. You know the feeling that you get when you are about to fall. When can you feel there is no possibility of you catching yourself? Now imagine that last moment that God called you. This is exactly what the Lord does to us. When we fall, when we see, when we dishonor him, he is there. He never leaves. He doesn't ask for anything other than our love and faith. Live without fear. Believe in Christ, for God shall always lift you up. Again, we are reminded in Psalms 24, from verse 7 to verse 8, that the king takes care of his subjects, provides for them, and keeps them safe. Who is your king of glory? What does it mean to say that Jesus is my king? How does that change the way I live? If Jesus is my king, then we both have privileges and responsibilities. Subjects always their monarchy, obedience, and reference. The king takes care of his subjects, provides for them, and keeps them safe. Now, most of us don't like taking orders, being told what to do, but that's what obedience calls for. You feel like you want to be independent. You don't want someone to order you to do something or you don't want anyone to say anything in your life. You feel like you can run your life in your own way. Reverence is so distant from our everyday experience. We hardly recognize it. So when I try to think of an example, I have to first, the look of new parents as they see their newborn for the first time. Second, an elderly man or woman holding the hand of his or her spouse, who is obviously struggling. But their love and care for each other is obvious. Amen? 
is obvious. So our king has given us everything we need. He has saved us from sin and death and promised us eternal life. That is the hope that we have as Christians. Jesus has and continues to do his part. We need to step up our game and do ours. We need to obey and not make excuses for our bad behavior. We need to be more respectful for one another as well as for all of God's creation. So, we need to answer the question, who is our king and glory? Ladies and gentlemen, in this evening, we need to look at these things and we get to understand who is our king and glory. As we are learning from the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, let's open up our hearts, let's open up our ears as we continue to learn and we believe the almighty God to lead us in each and everything. Indeed, God is faithful and loving Father to us. He's a marvelous God. Let's have a break and we come back. as we learn to as we continue to learn in his word let's call that that's just uh, get going in his word we want to look at the context of philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 to understand the philippians 4 13 we first need to back up and look at what is happening the verses surrounding it context is a king it helps us to understand what the Bible is communicating to us. Of course, when you read here in the Bible, <clears throat> my version says, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you put a single sentence out of a letter or a 30 second sound bite out of a speech, you can make it appear to be saying something that doesn't. We see this all the time in social media, on radios, television. That's why reading in a context is so important. It gives us the full picture of God's word. I know there are so many pastors, reverends, prophets, <laughs> those who are calling themselves prophets and so on. So when they read just one verse, they shout in it, they uh, until the sermon gets done. But let's see what really uh, we need to learn from here. First, we can first go back in verses of 10 and to 12. Paul is wrapping up his letter to the church in Philip. He's wrapping up his thoughts. In many ways, he ends his letter with a similar message that he began with. If we were to go back and read Philippians chapter 1, you would see these same concepts. Therefore, Paul is telling the Philippian church that he has learned how to, con to be contented regardless of his circumstances. Whether he's hungry or well-fed, free or in prison, 
has much or nothing. His content, not based on his circumstances, but rather on a person, Jesus. That's what he's trying to get across in his letter. That you can be at peace, have joy, be content, regardless of your circumstances. If you have Jesus and nothing, then you have more than enough. The power of Christ Jesus in you is enough. So Paul knows what he's talking about. He wrote these words from Rome while sitting in a prison. This is the moment we see, these are some of the letters that he wrote when he was in the prison in Rome. So he's in a bad spot and he can't even lie on his own strength. And it is from this, uh, from this dark and in cell where he's likely hungry and has nothing that he writes these words that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And that's what leads us to this verse 13. So these are the words. So these are not the words that Paul uses to hype himself for the big game. No, these words remind him that though his circumstances might be brick, God is still with him. It's from this humble means that he can have the peace of God. The context of the passage tells us this, but because many just read this single verse, many have missed the real purpose of Paul's words. So Paul isn't giving motivation to conquer, but rather encouragement in almost a certain defeat. It's in our weakness when God's power is strongest. He's saying that God will get him through whatever God brings him. Not that we can accomplish whatever we want. Therefore, now that we know the context, we can now switch our gears and look at how we can apply this to our lives today. Philippians 4.13 is for losers. I think I'm going to sound somehow awkward or not understandable bit, but we are going to discover why. It's for losers. This is what I mean. This is what I mean. Paul didn't pen these words from a place of victory. He wrote them from prison. At that moment, he, he appears to be a loser. From a worldly perspective, he had nothing. He was a loser. His basic needs weren't even being met. Like you at this point, you might be in need, you might be lacking, you might be hungry, you might be sleeping hungry sometimes. But again, Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 is not a war cry to go and conquer. It's not a motivation to achieve success professionally, academically, or athletically. It's not written to challenge the strong to become even greater. Rather, it's written to encourage the weak and those that find themselves in difficult circumstances. You just need to ask yourself right now, what kind of a situation or circumstance that you're passing through? Indeed, you might be the right person to fit in this context of the scripture. Philippians 4.13 The most common interpretations of this verse miss this important distinction. So this meaning is for those who are struggling. It's a reminder and encouragement that through life may be tough, but God is with you. This is a verse that we should go to when we know what hits the fan. You can get through whatever life throws your way because God is with you. You get the courage. You get the courage. You get the strength. You get encouraged. In the moment when you are disappointed. In the moment when you feel you are abandoned. In the moment you feel like people have already misused your trust. In the moment you feel like as if you no longer exist in this world. As if you are just alone. You're disappointed from this place. You are, uh, you are discouraged in the other way. You expect this, something else happens. Your children are sick. Your wife is sick. 
your husband is sick, the family is, is, is uh, in a chaos, and so on. The question will be, what really can you do? So I don't know about you, but I'm not a very contented, content person. And this verse challenges me in that for sure. Who was content in a dark and damp prison cell with little food to eat? Why? Because he had what matters most, and that is Jesus. Sometimes we shift our eyes. We shift our minds. We shift our perspectives. We think that we can do it for ourselves. We leave the ultimate controller, and that is Jesus Christ, to control each and everything in our lives. And we think that we can handle certain things and other things he can handle. We reach at a point and we think that Jesus can do some things, others he can do. If he can heal malaria, you wake up in the morning and you say, no, it is not possible. He can't heal HIV. He can't heal cancer. He can't do this. So for you, in your perspective, there are things that you see that are very, very big to you. And you think that God can do some and God can't do others. But Paul knew and had what matters most even in the cell where he was. And that is Jesus. I'm reminding you again that Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 is a challenge for us to put things in a proper perspective. We think we might need all these other things to be happy and content. You can talk about money, you can talk about properties, you can talk about uh, beautiful ladies, uh, handsome men, you can talk about everything. If you're a woman, you know all those things. If you're a man, you know all those things. You think that you can have such a, a perspective. We think that we might need all these things these other things to be happy and content. But Paul challenges us to view happiness through a different lens. All we really need is Jesus Christ. This should be one of the primary applications for us today. Be content in Jesus alone. So is Jesus enough for you? It should be a question you have to ask yourself. This should be one of the primary applications for us to do. Be content in Jesus alone. Be content in Jesus alone. Again, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, it's a reminder to keep our eyes on what is most important. We are easily distracted. But it is a reminder to keep our eyes on Jesus. It would be understandable if Paul were to complain about his current conditions. Because he was in a prison. He would have complained. Jesus, you're not easy. Like some of us when we are praying, we pray while you're complaining. Jesus, you're not fair. What and what? How can you leave this situation to happen to me? How can you leave all these kind of things to happen to me? Have you allowed your heart and changed your perspective to take Christ Jesus as everything in your life? Or you feel that he can do some things and he cannot do the other? According to the current condition of Paul, he would have been in the process or in a manner of complaining. Because of the situation he was in, he was in a prison. But the guy is challenging us. He speaks the words knowing that in Christ Jesus alone, that's where he finds his content or contentment. Knowing that in Christ alone, that's where he finds his joy, his peace, his happiness, victory, and everything. At this point, it is a point for us to kneel down and we recognize Christ Jesus as the ultimate controller and everything, a provider, the protector, the leader in everything that we are doing. Not complaining, not becoming complaints or complainants in the presence of God. 
but we need to recognize him, knowing him, telling him what really hurts us, knowing that he's a controller, knowing that he's a forgiver, knowing that he has everything, he controls everything, and he is ready to help us in each and every single day and a single moment. Paul, after all, he's in jail for preaching the word of God. No one would blame him if he complained a little bit. But even that situation, he's preaching the word of God. How many times do we find ourselves that we are in a bad situation? We are challenged. We are in different circumstances. We are passing through certain challenges. And we fail to preach the gospel. Rather, we resort to complaining. Indeed, we need to check on ourselves. So instead of looking at his current conditions, Paul kept his eyes on Jesus. And we can do this thing. We can do the same. Instead of looking at our current conditions, getting worried. The Bible reminds us in the book of Matthew that don't, do not worry about tomorrow, what you shall eat tomorrow, what you shall wear, what you shall do, whatever. If God can take care of the birds in air, what about you? His son, his child. John chapter 1 verse 12 reminds us that whoever believes in Jesus Christ was given the authority to become a child of God. How many of you that you can let your child to sleep hungry? You can't. That's what God means. He's ready to take care of you. But for you, see, as if God is asleep, as if God is not paying attention to your issues. Change your perspective. Allow God to be the ultimate controller in your life. Stop seeing God as a careless God. He's a careful God. He's a caring God in your life. That's what got him through. That's what got Paul through. Again, Paul understood that through Christ he could do all things, even be content in a prison cell. Even the moment when you are imprisoned, <clears throat> even the moment you feel like everything is perplexed, even the moment you see that everything is chaos, you have to stay content. And this is what Christ reminds us to do. This is what Paul reminds us to do, that through Christ Jesus we can do all things. All things can be possible. In the situation where we feel like we abandoned, disappointed, left behind, discriminated, abused, accused of evil, he's still faithful. He's still awesome and wonderful God in our lives. This passage should challenge us to keep our eyes in the right place. When we get distracted and start focusing on all the problems around us, we lose sight of Jesus and forget that he is in control. But when you keep our eyes on him, we can get through whatever it is that is in front of us. We continue to understand this meaning that we cannot forget is that we are in a complete need of Jesus. The basic need we have right now that we cannot survive without it, that is Jesus Christ. It's through him and him alone that we get our strength. When we lose sight of that and try to power through on our own selves, we will fail every time. And yet he never requires us to fail. He never needs us to fail. We must know in life that Jesus Christ is the contentment we are looking for, is the independence that we are looking for. That's why I said this telling you, the only way for us Christians to be independent is to be dependent on God. And the same applies to the world. The world always looking for independence. Every time talking about rights, 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 rights. Rights become rights. And at the end of the day, they end up even 
misusing the rights, LGBT rights, uh, freedom of what, and so on. And it's being misused. But the Bible reminds us all the things. So, Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 is often used as a verse to give ourselves positive thoughts so we can accomplish what we want. But that sells these famous words short. Paul's words are referring to the ability to endure the trials and hardships when we keep our eyes on Jesus. This is a powerful message that we should allow to encourage us when life gets us down. Not because we are enough, but because we have God living in us and he is more than enough. So the next time you hear this passage, read or hear someone quote it out of context, think back to the true Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 as it means. And I've tried to give you its meaning today. Remind yourself that whatever you are facing, whatever you might encounter the next day, the other year, the other month, the other moment, that God is with you. Recite yourself, I can do all things through Christ. He will bring me through. You want to read more is important. Read it again, you read it again, and you read it again. It will help you out to know how to go through everything. And again, I want to remind you that this life, may it not let you to think that you can do some certain things by your own. No way. You have to be totally dependent on Christ. You have to be totally dependent on the living Father. How many times have you found, you, have found yourself when you feel, you know, there are certain things that, I would like to really talk about. For me, I don't believe in someone who says that God can heal malaria and he can't heal cancer. Where do you get it in the Bible? Why do we need to lose hope? Why do we need to lose faith in Christ Jesus? Yet he's faithful to provide and do everything according to his power. Now, we cannot get the big God and we fix him in our small heads and our small perspectives. That would be a wrong thinking. God is beyond what we think. God is beyond what we can imagine. Even his glory, only his glory, we cannot understand it at entirely. We cannot. We cannot understand it entirely. His glory only. Therefore, let us not interpret Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 in a wrong way. Rather, rather, we should get to know that this is a verse that encourages us in the moments of struggles, in the moments of disappointments, in the moments of problems. And it is a scripture that brings hope in your life. And you say, indeed, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. At that moment when you're crying, at that moment when you feel like tears are passing through your eyes and you have nothing to do, you're looking for a solution and you are afraid to get it from human beings. I'm here to encourage you. That is the right time you have to go back to such scriptures and you let them to yourself and you pray through them. You believe God. You raise your faith and you say, Jesus, Jesus, I can do all things through you who strengthens me. Every day of your life, you need this kind of a scripture in the right context. In that moment, when the husband have divorced you, in that moment when someone has asked for divorce, in that moment when someone has asked for separation, in that moment when someone has asked for any kind of a negative consequence. 
with Christ Jesus, that's when we see victory. You know, you cannot wake up in the morning and you say, you see, these things I can do for myself. The other things, I can leave them to God. So one week you believe that God can do this. The other week you say, no, these things I can run for them myself. That's why it starts with heart. Having this ministry as a heart of worship, international ministry, after our best core, or our best core is all about heart. James is asking us, where does conflict come from? Where does the problem come from? Isn't it in your heart just because of your evil desires? You desire and you don't receive. You kill and you receive nothing. You oppress people and you receive nothing. You do the other but everything delivered from the heart. And he speaks, he says, when you read in the following verses, James says that even you reach at the point of praying, and you not receive. Why? Because you don't know how to pray. Whenever you pray, you depend on your own desires. You have wrong motives in prayer. In other words, you're praying to get a car so that you can show people who refuse to take you to give you a lift how now you have a car. In other words, you're asking things to assure people, to affirm people that even me I have a car I can drive. You pray for a house, you pray for money, you pray for provision, just to show off what is the motive in your prayer. That's what James was trying to enlighten and show. What is the motive of your prayer? What is the motive when you're praying? What is your perspective? Christ would like a Christian to have a perspective or a motive when you're praying, saying, Father, when you give me a house, indeed, I would like to let in people who doesn't have where to sleep and I can give a room where to sleep. When I buy a car, I want it to be used for ministry. I want it to be used to go and meet people, counseling people, helping people, encouraging people, doing... In other words, let your prayers have a motive, a motive of inspiration, motivation, people pointing people to Christ, helping them from the worldly beliefs and from the worldly behaviors and so on. That's why when I was talking about transformation yesterday, I was saying that transformation is a process. When you get saved, it's something very simple. But when you come here and you join us, the reason as to why we have fellowship it's because we have come to grow. We have come to learn. We have come to improve on ourselves in God's word. And we are always guided by the Holy Spirit. We are always guided by the word of God, leading us to the right path that Christ wants us to follow. Now, in the process of growth, in that process of growth, that's when we get to understand all these things. And I told you, getting saved doesn't mean that you're not going to be challenged. My dear, that is the more even when you're going to be challenged. One, God is checking on your faith. Two, God is checking on your trust in him. Three, God wants to assure. And apart from that, we have another side. Why does the devil will need to tempt you? Why does the devil will need to use the external things to let you down? Because he wants you to fail. He wants you to backslide. He wants to show God that no, this person does not believe in you. We remember the conversation we had. You remember the conversation the devil had with God? God told him, no. Have you seen my servant? Even God is the one who started the conversation. Have you seen my servant Job, a faithful man? A man who shuns evil? A man who is righteous? A man who has decided and committed to fear me? And the devil was like, no, God. You have given the man everything. What do you expect? 
He has to fear you. He has to follow you. You have given him riches, properties, what and what. You have multiplied him. You have made him prosperous. Of course, that a human being can fear God, can follow God, can love God just because of the prosperity, the properties, the what. You own the expensive cars. You own the best things. You own what and what and so on. What do you expect? And he was like, I'm just giving you just. <laughs> and he was like, I'm just telling you. If you take away those things from Job, he's going to deny you. And God was like, no, that cannot happen. Now I'm telling you, every day of your life, you don't know what kind of a conversation that is going on between the devil and God about your life. This week you decide to be a holy person. Even you try to be very careful. <laughs> and God gives you grace, does everything. So yes, because already we are in God's grace. But as you're passing by, if you're a man, you see a lady who is uh, putting on very well, mini skirt, you feel like you're attracted, taken. At the end of the day, you end up praying sex. But you don't know. Or maybe praying uh, for committing fornication. But you don't know what, what kind of a conversation that went on. Because the devil was like, no, you've given this person all these things. That's why he's holy. That's why he's this and this, what and what. And God is like, no, that man cannot even disappoint me. God is all-knowing. God is all-knowing. And in the entire context of Job, the book of Job, we take it as a suffering servant of God, as Job. It is true. But again, I would say the major context and the theme for the book of Job, I would have given it to, I, I, I can give it a theme which says that God wanted to show his supremacy. It shows the supremacy of God. That however much Job had lost everything. Now, the situation of Job and Paul, they might not be the same but they're experiencing the same consequences. Even Job would have had the right to complain. As Paul would have had the right to complain. Because Paul was in a prison. Imagine you're in a prison. You can't go anywhere. You're hungry. He, he, would be, he might have been hungry. He might have been uh, lacking certain things. Because when you are in a prison, there are certain things that you cannot experience. There are privileges that you cannot have. You're not like a person who is free. Because a person out of prison, you can go, you buy some japati, you, can, you have a right to go and meet someone, you have a right to go and do this and this. But remember, Paul even was a servant of God. His mandate was to preach the gospel, but even in the prison, when he was in prison, he remained using the same statement, writing to the church of Philippians, telling them that ladies and gentlemen, that ladies and gentlemen, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Showing these people that even, in the, even during the moments of struggles, moments of challenges, moments of circumstances, moments of very, very hard situations, we can stay believing that Jesus Christ is in control and knows whatever that is going on in our lives. Now, check in your life. Check and see where do you find yourself that you've given up? Where do you find yourself that you've given up really? For him is faithful and he has said faithful from the beginning to the end even up to now. Even the moment you find yourself that you've sinned, he has stayed being gracious. He has stayed being loving. He has stayed being a loving father, a great God. He always tells you, please come back to me. Then you find yourself that you've sinned against him. I love that. Come back to me. It's such a, it's such a, a marvelous thing, such a good thing. He tells his children, the Israelites, that once you shall come back to me, I shall come back to you. 
He knew their weaknesses. He knew their failures. He was trying to tell them that I can stay being your strength. He was trying to tell them that I can stay. In other words, they was they, 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 they were to understand this verse 13 that they could do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened them even their weakness, but he stayed gracious, he stayed loving, he stayed marvelous in their lives and he stayed loving them. Instead of running away from God, God is telling us to come back to him. He's not saying that when you sin, just run away. You found yourself that you've done a mistake. Please run back to Christ. Kneel down, pray to God, repent before the living Father. He is faithful to lead you. He is faithful to guide you. He is faithful to help you out. Because he is your strength. You cannot save yourself. You cannot make things yourself. You cannot win challenges by yourself. And you cannot overcome circumstances in life by yourself. You need Christ. You need Christ Jesus, my dear friend. Whoever that is listening to me, check out your life. You need Christ indeed. Stop running things by your own. Stop thinking that you can handle everything by your own. Stop thinking that you are the ultimate. Love that, put it in your mind. Knowing that Christ Jesus is everything in your life. He can lead you, he can guide you, he can help you out even where you see no way. He says that he makes a way where seems to be no way. And I remember John Mowen sang that song. God, you make our way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways that we cannot see. He will make a way for you. Even the job that you're looking for, he knows where it is. Can you imagine? The money that you're looking for for tuition, he knows where it is. The money you're looking for for school fees, he knows where it is. The money that you're looking for, the capital that you're looking for to start the business, he knows where it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the wife, the husband that you're looking for, he knows where he or she is. The nice house that you're dreaming, the nice property that you're dreaming, the needs that you need in life, the best needs that you need in life that you're looking for, he knows where they are. He knows. What does he look for? Is your faith in him. It's you to make a decision and you say, Christ Jesus, from today, I have decided to follow you, to do whatever you say to my friend. My friends, we need to recognize that Jesus Christ, the ultimate controller, provider of everything. What really can you do by your own? What really? First, thank God for the gift of life. Second, thank God that you're still alive, that even that day you've woken up. Now it's a high time you continue to put faith in Christ Jesus. Never to give up. Never to lose hope. And what amazes us as Christians when we are in this world, when we are, when we are in this earth, the Bible tells us that we are visitors. We are just visitors. That even if we die, this is not the end, but it is a transition. From this body to another, to another world. From this earth to the heavenly realm. That even our bodies will be changed. And we are given the immortal bodies. To live with Christ forever. Imagine. We have eternal life as a gift, as a promise. We have eternal life as a promise. That is the hope that we have as Christians, that we have the eternal life as a promise. That Jesus did a wonderful work at the cross. We are not going to, to, to be destroyed forever. No, we shall live with Christ forever. 
after even celebrating the wedding in heaven that we are going to do with Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a privilege that we have as children of God. That's a privilege that we have. That's what gives us hope. That's why Paul understood and he quoted the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13 that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because there is hope. There is hope in our lives. We have Christ who has died for us, have forgiven us, have taken away the sins. And he has given us the opportunity to have a relationship with him. Never to give up. Rather to have faith in him. Following his love. Following what he has said to us. Recognizing the great work that he did at the cross by dying for us. He resurrected, showing us that even us when we die, we shall resurrect. And that we have the privilege to have the new bodies after this life. And another thing that we are to reign with him forever and ever in the, his father's kingdom. We are not little people, we are not small people. He has made us even bigger. He has made us even greater in him. Do you know what it means? The angels do not have that privilege. But for us, we have that privilege of being the co-heirs of the God's kingdom. We are co-heirs of God's kingdom. It's a big privilege. Once we discover all these things, it's going to already such as supposed to and we this is such a wonderful things it's wonderful things that we have to recognize and understand therefore in Philippians chapter 4 I want to give you a mindful scripture in chapter 4 verse 19 it says that and and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Once you understand and you recognize God, you put your faith in God, you put your faith in Christ Jesus. He says that and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory and by Christ. You see, I love that statement and by Christ. It's by Christ. Now to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. That is Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. However, Paul continues to show the context in verse 18 that indeed I have all and abound. I am full. Having received from Epaphroditus the thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. The moment of suffering that he was passing through, he described it as an aroma, knowing that he's suffering for Christ. You know, suffering in Christ, it is interesting because you know at the end of the day, Things are going to be awesome and better. You'd rather suffer in Christ than suffering in the world where you will yield nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, let's understand all these things. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your glory and your mercy. We thank you indeed for your word. We have come to understand that we can do all things through you, Christ Jesus, who strengthens us. We decide to put our trust in you. We decide, King of God, Father, to dedicate our hearts, our minds, our perspective, everything in your hands. May you control our destinies. May you control our lives. May you guide us and lead us in each and everything that we do by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's you that we believe in. It's you that we love. It's you that, Father, we recognize as a father in this life. 
We pray for our friends. We pray for our brothers and sisters. We pray for our parents, our families. We pray for each and every beloved person in our lives. May you, King of Glory, Father, help them out even during the circumstances, situations, even during the moments of challenges, that may you strengthen us in you. Father, we're always being challenged. We're always being, Father, facing circumstances that are letting us down. Sometimes we are disappointed. Sometimes we are discouraged. Sometimes we are let down. We have been promised and people have failed to fulfill their promises and we feel like we are really, really let down. Father, we pray that may you forgive us in each and everything. Sometimes even we have committed ourselves to do certain things, but along the way, we give up. May you forgive us. We've made vows and we've broken them. We've sweared on earth, even in heaven, and we have failed to fulfill. We have done so many things, but we have failed really to be faithful and fulfill. Father, may you forgive us. Help us to start a journey of being faithful in your way. Help us to be faithful to you. May you increase and ignite our faith in us. Ignite our faith in us for you. So that we do what you say, we follow what you say, and we perform what you really allocate. In the name of the Father, we pray for those in the hospitals, those in the prisons, and those that are feeling right now that things are totally very hard, that they can't handle the situation. We pray that, Father, may you help each and every one. Help them out, comfort those that are facing misfortunes. Those that have lost their loved ones. Those that have lost their parents. Those that have lost the businesses and that have made losses in businesses. But you've told us that King of God, even the minister of such situation and challenge, you are with us. We pray that you encourage us, you strengthen us, and you push us ahead. And we win each and every situation. We are here for you. We are here to follow you. We believe in you. In Jesus' name. If there is someone who wants to give his or her life to Christ Jesus, repeat these words after me at this point as we confess. You said, dear Jesus, I thank you for loving me. I surrender my life into your hands. From today, I've made a decision. Without being forced, I believe in you. You are my savior. You are my father. And from today, I'm born again. Thank you, Jesus. May my names be written in the book of life and be rubbed off from the book of death. Thank you, Jesus, because you've loved me. And from today, may you write the covenant on my heart, this new covenant of love on my heart. I'm here to follow you, and I'm ready to follow you. Help me, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and of the Father. Amen and amen. The one who have given your life to Jesus, this is the moment. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you for the person that has given his or her life to Jesus. May you guide, may you establish, may you help out. So that, that's to move a Christ-like life. And we pray that King of Glory, you help and walk with this person in the entire of his life. We thank you for this wonderful soul, all these souls that have believed in you. May you, King of Glory, Father, lead them and they see your goodness. Being sealed by the Holy Spirit, everything is possible. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'll pray for you, the one who have given your life to Jesus Christ, just to know Christ Jesus is with you. Walk with him, love him, 
and do everything that he says. Read the Bible. Always, if you have any question, please feel free to ask me a question uh, when you come in my inbox. My inbox is really very, very okay. So you are you you can you can you can you can yes you 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 can you can really talk to me and we can see what to do by the grace by the grace of god so don't fear come on whatsapp we talk together those who are not yet in a whatsapp church group please feel free to be in a whatsapp church group another thing on the 30th of this december we are having an overnight it's going to take only three hours non-stop worship it is called the th- uh, this is called um three hours non-stop worship experience as we are ending up this ma- this year at the same time when we are welcoming a new year and that day we are going to declare the the, the, the theme that we are going to walk in next year and that day we are going to hear some testimonies with people who started with us in this ministry and people are going to testify how this ministry has helped you from the moment you joined it feel free even those that will be online they will have the provision whereby they will be able to connect with us and they can testify we connect you you testify and the entire church will be hearing you therefore Towards this overnight, we made a budget of uh, 200,000 for the transport of the instrumentalists, people who are going to play machines, and the people who are going to sing. So, even other operations, data to live stream the entire program or the entire worship experience. Feel free if you would like to support. Numbers are there, you've been seeing them. Even you can come in my inbox on WhatsApp and you ask me if you have any question concerning that again next year we are planning to go to india to open up uh, heart of worship ministry india feel free again to support in that and we are starting to collect the support in january effectively from first january and in march that's when we shall be traveling with pastor quays and other people therefore we are going to be planting a church under heart of worship in india that is the capital city of India, New Delhi. And another pastor will be representing us in another city, again in India, which is called Bangladesh. So feel free to support where possible. We thank God that he has given us nations and the ministry is getting wide like that. As we are thinking of even establishing uh, headquarters of Heart of Worship in Uganda, of course the headquarters are here. So thank you so much. May God bless you so much. Thank you for listening to me tonight. May God bless you. And I wish you a Merry Christmas and a happy, prosperous New Year. Ladies and gentlemen, before you leave, you can greet your friend, you can greet your neighbor by sending him a, a text in the, uh, here on the, on, the te- on the commentary section by the grace of God. Thank you so much. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Banange, whoever's had me, Osindikira ku hallelujah, wakwe me. May God bless you so much. Amen and amen. Okay.